All right. I'm glad you didn't ask me to stop breathing because I wasn't <laughs> willing to do that. If you don't mind. I'm not, I'm not, not comfortable with that request. Hello, hello. How good to see you all again. Yes, yes. I know you're all worried, but the Federation and Starfleet are here to help you settle. You have my word. That's Brandon. Hey. That's Cam. Hello. I'm Paula. We're almost halfway through the series. And I'm finding that it's pulling together nicely. So, what are the initial reactions? What do you like? How did you feel about it, Cam? I, I thought this is really the strongest episode since the first one um, for me. I, I felt like it, mm-hmm. it brought in a lot more strength in the characters. Um, obviously, kind of big reveal at the end that was pretty exciting. I think everybody was kind of waiting for was was huge, yeah. and I think it also flushed out some of the ideas and the fact that it was it was going to bring in some philosophies and some new concepts to the star trek universe which is always exciting Mm -hmm. too it's filling in the gaps for that time that we don't know about too which is kind of nice yeah it was good to see the in between the in between uh picard which i think this is kind of about right is his evolution Mm -hmm. i feel like they we we, we're we are sort of seeing some of the stages of that and I think, you know, there's some kind of complaints online about people feeling like he changed too much. But now we're seeing some of the middle parts getting painted in, which is exciting. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And we had talked about him kind of aging himself up a little bit, too, right? For yeah. the for the show now. Oh, I see. Like the character being yeah, written the, older than he actually is. The character is. being yeah. written older than he actually is. Yeah. So that way they can kind of give you that in between as he ages, you know, kind of make it a little younger. When he's on that planet, though, the visit to Vashti and... Uh, they throw the sword at him to fight. You notice all of a sudden he's like bang, ready to go. And then he throws the sword on the ground. Didn't you think he totally was going to fight? I was like so excited. <laughs> I thought he was going to Indiana Jones it. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I thought that yeah, was, that was been really cool. But I really like the kid. Now, I know we kind of spoke about this. Uh, Who, Legolas? Yeah. No, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's I, kind I, of I like literally, that, right? I literally thought the same thing. It's like space, space <laughs> Legolas. It's, it's pretty odd. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a pretty big Legolas fan, so I... Do you want to make space, yeah. le- space Legolas go for it, um, as far as I'm concerned? Yeah, totally. But... I think his name is Elnor, which is still pretty elfish. Pretty elfy, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, we need, like, a Sindrain expert to break it down and see if it would actually be an official Tolkien name. It doesn't sound very Romulan. I, I don't know what the... No. If they did that on purpose or not. It'd be interesting to know why why they made that choice, because it, it does sound more like like a, uh, a Tolkien elf than a Romulan. But that's another thing, too, that I had mentioned. Like, I don't feel like the people on this planet are very Romulan. I don't feel like the writers of the show know anything about anything other than <laughs> just words that are commonly used in pop culture when referring to Star Trek. I'm Possibly. sorry. Like, you know, we we tried two episodes previous to this and... You know, we tried to kind of be funny about it and be like, oh, I'm fake internet upset about the show. But where I am in terms of first impressions is it's just a television show. And mm-hmm. it's been a long, long time since I've been able to say it's just a TV show. I'll watch it when I watch it about any Star mm-hmm. Trek property. Um, you know, to be honest, we were joking around about that uh, that like fan funded um, Tim Russ directed uh, <laughs> Star Trek show you know with uh admiral uh who is it that comes back is it this um, star trek star trek continues is that the one you're talking about the one the yeah, YouTube well, one no, no it's the, it was the, the yeah the, it was a follow-up to that that i was thinking of but yeah it's oh, the God. same same uh crowdfunded thing yeah it's yeah, tuvok yeah. right 
Tuvok is is in the one I'm talking about, and so is um, who made Admiral. I can I can't think of it, but one of the TOS characters made Admiral, and he puts together like a ragtag crew of people. But yeah, like you know, I I don't agree with the masses that are upset, as like that Cam was alluding to earlier, because I, I don't think that you can get upset about the show because I don't think that you can muster if you were an old school Star Trek fan. I don't think you can muster enough of anything to to care other than hey, this is just something I can consume. This is popcorn, which is fine. And and then if you're not a Star Trek fan, then this may be a good way to bridge a gap for someone who, you know, is a Star Trek fan and maybe wants to watch a show with someone who isn't, you know. So mm. I, I don't think getting upset about the show is really a logical thing either, but I... I I'm personally, you know, not that stoked about what's going on. I feel as though I was laughing before this because I was thinking you could if if the Netflix properties for Marvel still existed, this show so far, if you just took out the space elements and just made it like a normal travel element, this would be the best show that you could possibly do for Heroes for Hire. If you just mm-hmm. swapped out every single character to like, like someone else, like swat, yeah. uh, swipe out the first officer there. What's her name? Uh, Raffi, oh, swap out Raffi for Misty Knight, swap out, swap out uh, Dr. Gerardi for uh, Calling Wing, and like just keep going, maybe center it gener- around Luke Cage. Generic script, Yeah, right? like you, could, you yeah. could make like an amazing show with this well, exact premise, and that's why like I'm like, I, I can't help but think like, maybe these guys got fired off of something else, and they're like, <laughs> well, I got this idea, so let's just put it in space. That's funny. You, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it would maybe. be like the best of, of a lot of other things, but it's not the best Star Trek. And that's my first impression. I'll stop <laughs> down going down sewer here but yeah, yeah i know like, i'm like stop it it's got a lot of cool things about it it's just not got a lot of cool star trek things so the cool star trek things are literally like hey you know remember remember the borg here they are yeah no I, and i definitely think it's a departure from traditional star trek i do think this in this episode had some moments that i felt that felt very more Star Trek-y than, than other episodes. Um, and one of the things that, mm-hmm. that I was kind of looking at as I was reviewing this one in particular was that this is actually the first one that Jonathan Franks has directed, the, the actor who played Riker, and directed TNG. He's directed Orville episodes. Um, but this is his first episode, yeah. and then the next one he's also directing. Uh, there, there was a, a scene with um, Dr. Gerardi where, where she comes in and she sort of starts complaining about space being boring and just the blocking the way that the dialogue mm-hmm. kind of flowed, the way the actors interacted felt very original track or TNG to me, like just the, the way that they actually had good interplay between the characters in the ship. And I mean, it, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of all plays out. And so they're now talking about doing lower decks, right. Which is going to be more of a crew focused Star Trek show. It, it'll be interesting to see if that is more ship oriented, but mm-hmm. I mean, the original Star Trek, I felt like, was always supposed to be was primarily about the bridge crew and the interplay between them. Right? There's a lot of other things that are going on in the background, but it wasn't like the show wasn't really about all the people on the ship. It was about the, mainly about the bridge crew and about how they interacted. So, you know, this is obviously a departure in terms of the approach, but mm-hmm. it was a show about a bunch of people who were on a crew and were friends and getting stuff done. There was other people who were part of it, but you know, it was kind of there are similarities. I'm just saying it's not completely a, a, a complete no. right turn. But I agree with what you're saying about the, you know it feels like a lot of those shows where you've got like the dream team of hey we're gonna have the 
thief, the magician, the elf magic yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I like those shows, though, so I'm, I'm kind of okay yeah. with that direction. I'm like, uh, all right, yeah. you want to do that? that that's fine. Yeah. Um, we can do Firefly, but Star Trek version of it, but I'm, I'm all right with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That was yeah, totally. uh, that was exactly what I was thinking when you were saying that, you know, mm-hmm. and sorry to jump in, Paula, because I can see your antsy to go to the next point, so I apologize, <laughs> but you know, just a, a few things to, to jump in on what you said there. The first is when you mentioned the original TOS. When I look at the original series, like the show is fundamentally a sci-fi horror show that mm-hmm. was made into a sitcom and like used sitcom sen- like sentiment to to like function. And then you look at TNG and it's like, uh, you know, a primetime TV spin on some of the same principles. And then once you get into like season, say, three through five, where it like really gets on, the, then what you're talking about starts to come in where there's more of that interpersonal stuff that maybe Gene Roddenberry would have shied away from in his vision of Star Trek that maybe Rick Berman and, and, and that team wasn't so worried about doing. And then every Star Trek after it very much pushed the limit you know, to to one one aspect or another, either like making it more soap opera or making it more like an action show or whatever it is. So I totally get what you're saying, and I don't expect this show to be the same. And and I'm along for the ride. Uh, you know, so so you know, I, I I'm with you, and and I'm not going away. I'll still be on every episode of this. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, like it's uh, it it wasn't what I was hoping for, and that that kind of sucks a little bit. Sorry. I like it. I'm I'm enjoying it. I think it's fun. I think it's still Star Trek. It's definitely different, but it's less different than the other Star Trek we've seen. And we talked about that before. Um, a few things that I noticed that were pretty cool were, uh, like, this episode is called Absolute Candor, right? When he goes to Vashti, these are Romulans that were displaced, correct? Yes. Yeah. So they've kind of, they've got their own culture now. It's kind of like the subculture of Romulans. Now, Cam, you had said earlier, or, or was it Brandon that said earlier, that there isn't very much information on the Romulans in previous Star Trek shows? Yeah, that was Cam. Oh, was it Cam? Well, we do know, like, that they're, like, really superstitious and, yeah. like, emotional and all these things. Basically, the mm-hmm. absolute opposite of their cousins in Vulcan. Yeah. We, we so, know where they're yeah, from, from Vulcan. It's just they're not showing, like, you know extended scene i mean there's a tremendous amount of vulcans right i mean there's they're they've kind of gone in depth on them and in klingons as well um whereas romulans there's not like the there's been and there's been stuff in the series like that card game i think is really cool um it'd be interesting to see if they spin that into something into something real right because they sort of imply oh. that you saw people on the planet playing the card game yeah um it was like a tarot card kind of game right well right that's that's what's interesting so tarot cards actually evolved out of regular cards right so and the regular card decks mm-hmm. all the suits and suites evolved out of tarot cards so really our regular card decks mm-hmm. now are based on tarot cards and they sort of implied the same thing mm-hmm. right they implied that she was using um the uh the borg convert was using them as a mandala or a tarot deck to sort of tell fortunes but then there was regular people on the planet that picard visited in the cafe who were playing the same game and looked like they were playing it like more of a a traditional card game right so it looked like sort of a combination between tarot cards regular cards and something like mahjong or dominoes 
uh, which was neat, right? Because it hasn't been anything like, you know, there's Romulan ale, but other than that, there's not like a mm-hmm. huge amount of Romulan stuff that we've we've heard about. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. That's true. How do you think that ties into how all the other species and planets have their own kind of philosophies, their own culture? Uh, like the Vulcans, we, as we said earlier, they use logic. I was saying to Brandon earlier, uh, Klingons with honor. Uh, uh, what's the what's the species oh, from Darmok? Oh, the uh, Tamarian race. Yes, yes, yes. My my good friend Paul Winfield, rest in peace. Yeah, <laughs> you know they uh, use allegories, right? The Ferengi with profit. You said. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, their whole class system is like based on you know who, who laws of acquisition. Profit. Yeah. The exactly. Most valuable to the society. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. So at first, when the when they started talking about the absolute candor, I started wondering, like, is this something new that they're introducing? But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that that really does tie in with the way that uh, Star Trek's always shown us species and their ways. Right. Mm. I think it's the easiest way for us to relate to another culture is their philosophies and such. So that's what they're doing now. With the species. Well, that's yeah. what they always did. I just never really thought about it. You guys are absolutely right. That did feel very Star Trek-y, you know, I, 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 and I love that element of Star Trek in general because I feel as though even, you know, say, for example, like this show has a longer arc structure than, you know, we don't have like a single episode that we're getting out of and getting like, mm-hmm. you know, a complete story. We're, we're following a, a full story. Mm-hmm. Um, so those kind of little, almost like cultural nuggets are what, so you know, like I'm grasping onto and and enjoying probably the most because they're they're often kind of inherently hopeful. Like these people that are you know clinging on to their, um, you know, the last vestige of their their culture and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Borgs with assimilation, like the hive collective, the hive mentality. Mm-hmm. I think that's a close one because you know one is the total honesty basically, yeah. and with them is like there's no secrets, right? Betazoids too. Everyone knows how you're feeling, what you're thinking. It ties into that. I think one of the interesting things that I find about all those characteristics is that they're aspects of human personality in a lot of ways, right? Um, you know, like the the Vulcans and logic is something that a lot of humans and probably Star Trek fans in particular really cling to. It, you know, that, that whole like, I'm going to just make decisions based on logic is something that I'm sure anyone who grew up as a child watching Star Trek and being somewhat nerdy probably really loved. You know, I think those human aspects of the alien cultures make them more accessible and more uh, more of an interesting foil for our own kind of science fiction interpretation of the the cultures that are that are being represented on on the screen, right? Because I mean they're all Gene Roddenberry said this is sort of supposed to be about the different countries in the world and these elements are supposed to be different reflections of those. I feel like the um, the, the different cultures and the different uh, characteristics from a philosophical perspective of the different races can, can provide an interesting foil for our own personalities, our own decisions about how we live our lives. And, and absolute candor, I think, is an interesting addition to it, right? It's sort of mm-hmm. the impossible to follow yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, i would say impossible to follow maybe, maybe other people wouldn't <laughs> I, I impossible or, or difficult decision to follow the other thing i think is really interesting about it is i think it's gonna really color elnor's character 
I personally think they that specific addition is probably something that's going to humanize Romulans more. And they probably, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a useful tool in making Elnor a lot more likable because there hasn't really been very many yeah, likable I Romulans. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think there's any in the, yeah. in the Star Trek universe that have been, <laughs> no. you know, like, hey, this is a really oh, come great on, you don't Romulan. Like Tasha Yar's Romulan. Clone? <laughs> Atasha, it wasn't Tasha Yar's clone. It was like her daughter or something oh, because she went into the past when she's on that oh, yeah, yeah, ship. Yeah. And then the other, you know, it's that or, weird or parallel clone. universe. There you go. Tom Hardy. You know, he grew up a go. good looking boy. If they just let him live a little longer, let him, yeah, okay, nice. Shinzon, just go over there and lift some weights, you know, turn it okay, be a handsome mm-hmm. boy, you know. But yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's going to be some interesting moments where he's going to be completely honest with people and it's going to throw them off. It's going to be great. I think great. it's going to be played as, uh, as, as for jokes, for laughs. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be like the, he's going to be used for the comic relief. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, he's going to be like a Spock like or Data like character, right? I mean, that, that mm-hmm. kind of, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be this, this straight man. But I, I mean, I think Spock and Data played a straight man in a different way. It wasn't just a, a comedic sp- straight man. It was a, um, you know, a humans are silly kind of straight man, right? Like, why are you doing this kind of thing? Which is what I, I, the Vulcans, I think, and Spock in particular, were always, and Tuvok or, you know, I can't remember her name from Enterprise. But, I mean, th- those characters traditionally have been somebody who sort of calls out odd human decisions and i think plays an interesting mm-hmm. science fiction mirror to humanity and i think that's kind of what they're setting up with elnor but they're going to do it with a vulcan instead of or with a romulan instead of a vulcan which i think is kind of neat mm-hmm. but i don't think they could have done it without without changing the way that romulans acted because basically to this point mm-hmm. i mean my interpretation of romulans is they're basically kind of jerky spies right <laughs> they, they, you know they have a caste system they enslave other races they um you know the tal shiar is a, a secret service organization that's not really secret they don't mm-hmm. now you have the they, shot vosh on top yeah. of that yeah being able to put a, a dude who is a space elf you wouldn't have assumed that that would have been a romulan prior to this episode, because I don't think it would have been believable, but having Picard teach him defense yeah. and then setting up this order of Romulan nuns, which, you know, isn't really something they've talked about before, kind of makes that more, but totally more believable, palatable. Considering, you know, the, what we know about their society, the little yeah, bit for that we sure. do know. I personally think they're going to kill him off because of the relationship that he had with oh, Picard no, as a kid. It. I think they're just going to, you don't think so? No. You think he's going to make it? He's, he's here to stay. All right. I disagree. <laughs> I, I also disagree. He feels pretty. He feels yeah, pretty I mean, permanent. You don't spend that much time creating yeah. an awesome space ninja elf. Like, I mean, that, yeah, right. He, he's he's a pretty cool character. I I, I like mm-hmm. him. I mean, he's not very Star Trek, but I like no. him. I was going to ask you: Do you think you like him because he's a little bit more Star Warsy? I felt like it was a little Star Warsy. No, I felt. I think you guys both hit it on the head initially when you said Tolkien esque. I think he's straight out of a Tolkien. Brandon, I'm I'm going to say that you actually call him Tolkien esque first, but uh, I I think. That, oh, oh, well, no, I stole that joke from Paula off air. Yeah, yeah, but I 100 percent agree. That was literally the first thing I saw when I when I saw him. He does not like Star Wars characters aren't that serious. He, that that he is just like super. Oh, I I disagree on that front. Star Wars characters are nothing but just sad messes of you know nothingness and 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 you know all about either service or uh and being anti-service but yeah yeah i mean there's there's, there's, i guess there's some jedi elements but i think that's more um star wars pulling from 
you know traditional Lord of the Rings type stuff than than the other way around. Yeah. He, he, but he definitely does not feel traditional Trek, which is which is I think no. an interesting point. But I don't think that's terrible. I think they can pull in different characters. I mean, they've tried it in the past. I think to mm-hmm. it would be interesting to see where he goes. Um, because can I ask you guys something? Yep. You know why my this was my favorite episode? I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but um, I think uh, as you guys or sorry, I think it was you, Cam, that mentioned that Frakes uh, directed this episode, and I'm very excited to see him direct more episodes of of this series in particular because obviously it's 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 got a different aesthetic, it's got a different um, feel, and it's certainly probably got a bigger budget than he's ever worked with. Or no, that's probably not the case because he did some Discovery episodes. So it's got a lot of lens flares. He, yeah, he did some really weird camera work. He was getting yeah. really like it was oh, like it was a little bit like nineteen eighties moment. Yeah, like, that moment yeah, where oh, the yeah, camera yeah. focuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, it was in focus. Yeah. Why would you defocus and focus? Yeah. Like it, it was a little bit of like why I love nineteen eighties cocaine yeah. Hollywood movies. You know, <laughs> yeah. like there was a little bit of that. Like, hey, we got money. Let's just do some crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm like, if Frakes is going to bring that to the yeah, show, it's kind of fun. I'm I like totally it. Totally down with that. Like, oh, you're going to give me money? Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to have fun. Yeah. You know, so if he's going to yeah. do that, like this is this has been one of the most fun episodes to look at because it's just like, whoa, why did they do that? All right, mm-hmm. well, let's go with it. There, you yeah, know? for sure. There was a, there was. A, it, it, that's super interesting. I'm going to go back and watch that to see if I can see that scene because I definitely want to try and see if I can identify that myself. That sounds really cool. Oh, you'll but notice it. There was one shot that I thought was really neat when um, Picard was leaving the original planet um, the first time after he'd been, when he was oh, being transported that. out, he walked, he, he asked to be transported out and then he walked down the stairs like he was actually leaving the place. Yeah, where is he going? Did you guys have sorry, a discussion sorry. about this? But I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Go on. We're just laughing because I'll sorry, tell you in a sec. Go ahead. All right. Well, no, I just thought it was interesting because um, when people beam out of places, they sort of stand in one spot and then sort of yeah. beam out. It, it, but it feels very harsh. Like it doesn't feel like people are actually mm-hmm. leaving. Whereas y- you would feel like people, if they were actually leaving somewhere, they would leave the traditional way and sort of beam out as they were going, which is what happened in that yeah. shot. But I don't remember another shot ever in Star Trek where the character actually left the room and was beamed out as they were walking or moving out of it. Right. They, they didn't seem like they were actually no. leaving. They seemed like they were just standing there and beaming out. Whereas this felt like a, I'm just leaving and I'm going to beam out as I'm leaving to make it like a smoother yeah. transition, which made a lot more sense. I thought yeah. they were trying to make it more dramatic. Yeah. Like he's, re- he's leaving, he's going, but the, like, yeah, I know. And you know what? I have seen it done only when, um, like when people have been falling or in a situation, where, but not like walking. No, but it felt more, walking, it felt more like, know? um, it just felt like it was a more of a reasonable way to leave, right? Like if transporting technology was a real thing, I mean, I think I'm sure in the original series, it was a technology thing. It was just easier from a special effects perspective to not have somebody walking. But realistically, if that was real technology, it, it would just seem more appropriate to walk out someone's door and then transport out versus stand in the middle of their living room and turn into like space dust there. True. That just seems sort of Here's odd. my concern though. If he's stepping down while he while he's transporting, wouldn't he like step down onto the you know what I mean onto yeah, the pattern transporter lock? On. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So as he's transporting and he's stepping down, wouldn't he just like land and hurt his ankle kind of thing? 
I don't like, care if they can safer? do it. Yeah, scientifically, I don't care if they can do it. It just mm-hmm. exactly you hit it in that. Yeah. It wouldn't be as safe as just standing there. They, no, because they've already defined. I it. think like, they did it for dramatic as... effect. Like oh, he was absolutely. leaving, and you know, but cool, Brandon's though. reaction was ridiculous. I'm sitting there. It's this like deep moment, and you know, because I watched it before he watched it, right? So I was sitting there watching it with him. He's like, "Where is he going?" And I just I couldn't stop laughing because it's true. It's like you're right. Where is he? Why? Just stay still. Like it's cool, you know. But yeah, it's true. I like it. I feel like it's a it's a demonstration of I'm I'm in the process of leaving and this is me transporting out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna actively walk out like hanging up a phone or doing something else. Like I'm I'm taking a physical action to represent the weird science fiction thing that I'm doing. That's not a normal action. Give it a classic feel, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like hanging West. up or yeah, like exactly Walking against the wind. Yeah, one thing I'll say, I really like the new transporter listening things they're doing in the sound. I think it looks so cool. Everything in this show looks spectacular. I just want to say, I think, and and, and I think probably all the crazy people on the internet, which I guess I'm now slowly becoming part of. You are a crazy person on the internet. And and, and, and every, like all the negativity, I don't think it has anything to do with the aesthetic of the show, the acting in the show, um, you know, the set design, any of that, because it's all on lock it's beautiful it's a beautiful show to look at it's not negative crazy either you're like crazy about star trek people on the internet don't say like (laughs) you mentioned a good point the acting is is really on on point like pretty much everybody i didn't feel like there was there's a few cheesy characters where you're like okay but that's really more the dialogue and the character not the actual acting i I think they've made some really good choices everybody feels well thought out everybody's acting their role everyone is believable in their role it's Mm-hmm. Solid. What are your favorite uh, your favorite moments? M- mine is obviously well. Uh, maybe this is obvious, but obviously seven showing up was. I, I mean, I've rewatched. I've rewatched that. I like. I, I was a pretty big fan of Voyager, so her showing up um, was. You know, I rewatched that four or five times because I was pretty excited about it. Um, but. Didn't you love how they kept on saying him, his, he, you know what I mean? He, <laughs> and then it's her. I was pretty sure it was going to be it her when they awesome. that said that. I kind of actually felt that was a little overdone. I mean, I think they could have stopped yeah. saying he. Um, that yeah. that would have been a lot in a show right now, a show in mm-hmm. the future. Maybe they would have been a little bit more generic with their they pronouns. Said they. It was pretty pretty heavy heavy on the pronouns for the, the, for the 21st century, let alone the 25th. Yeah, 20. that's very true. But I mean, it was obviously it was interesting. I, for me, it was foreshadowing. I'm, I'm like, okay, I know what's going to happen here. <laughs> when, they, when they said he eight times, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't think this is going to be a he. I feel like they said that. Beam him over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Legolas, pull out your sword. You Get ready, ready for the for the space orc. Yeah, right. <laughs> My favorite scene was also the end, but for a different reason. And it's funny because, like, as soon as Brandon saw he knew it, too. I love, 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 love that the pilot, uh, Chris Rios, Chris, Cristobal, he's, like, Chilean, Venezuelan in real life, right? So he's speaking Spanish on the show as a pilot. And I thought that was just so fun with this, like, uh, co-pilot uh, hologram dude. It was great. It was, like, really slangy. It was really fun. 
He's got the cigar hanging. Was it, was it good mouth. Spanish then? I mean, I, I, I it recognize was, it, it was Spanish, very but, much, and, which I also thought was cool because yeah. they don't usually speak mm-hmm. anything other than French in Star Trek, right? So it was cool they put it in there. But yeah. it was good Spanish then. Yeah, that they they did. Yeah, it was good Spanish, and it was the and it would be it was like exactly how he would speak. He wasn't like you know doing an accent kind of thing. Like it was awesome. It mm. was so good. So are we to then infer? And that was my question from that scene. Nobody on this <laughs> yeah. vessel has a universal translator on because then we would in turn just hear it as english right as would everyone else in the ship so they wouldn't have misunderstand him you know what i mean so i'm just curious like mm-hmm. does that mean that none of them and i guess because they're not starfleet officers mm-hmm. maybe that's the case which is fine um but, but then are they is. gonna have like is that something that we're gonna revisit in later episodes because otherwise it's just like a hanging plot thread well, hang like, on though the klingons would speak klingon all the time the and klingons the other- would speak klingon in their ship yeah, that's true. So among all Klingons, you would see a Klingon scene with Klingons. That's or if true. there was a non-translatable word, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then you would like, there's no, like, for like, gawk. There's no yeah. translation for gawk, <laughs> you know. So like, it's yeah. a dish. It's like, what do you, that's what it's called. Delicious. It's I'm, fresh yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to retcon that the captain turned off the universal translator for Spanish so that he could have discussions that the other crew members didn't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Like, which, which is fine. Like, I'm assuming that the whole basis of it is that none of them are Starfleet officers. Ergo, yeah. they don't have universal translators. Maybe the universal translator but, but only hard... recognizes Spanish from Spain. Like, it's a different accent. Yeah, different, exactly. You know, so it just it doesn't pick it but up. But Picard must have because he just went to Romulus yeah. where they do not speak English. Yeah, and he starts speaking. Yeah. Their, yeah, that's true. I don't I feel like Picard would speak Spanish. But it's a TV show. He can't do the whole thing. He would, wouldn't language, he? So. He would. He seems like he Next would. Next episode will be in Spanish. <laughs> I would be so down with that. Would you? Okay, start practicing. Yeah. Cool. Do a French, Spanish, uh, if anyone can speak Romulan, you know, get that in there too. Do they still teach those uh, Klingon, you know, language courses in universities and stuff? Night, Did night they? schools and stuff? Yeah. No. Yeah, that's, that's a real amazing. thing. That's awesome. I don't know if they still do it. So, and again, I mean, that, that whole Klingon language thing, I think that comes back to why I think the Romulan actually having philosophies other than let's be jerk spies is going to be interesting because this is a, a Star Trek um, race that has been around for a long time, but doesn't have like, there's not, there's like Romulan ale, there's Tal Shiar, but there's not a lot of like, there's, and there's like the connection to the Vulcans, but there's not a lot of lore around them. Whereas the Vulcans have like, who knows how many Vulcan people there are, or like focus groups and all kinds of like language stuff and Klingons have tons of stuff. There's just not that much around Romulans and they've been a huge part of Star Trek for, for many years. So I, I think exploring that and, um, it, well, I mean, I guess there, in the, in the Calvin timeline, it felt like there was, there's more of it even, but in, mm-hmm. in this timeline, there hasn't been a lot. So that'd be interesting. I think it's going to be a really interesting year for cosplay. <laughs> A lot of space elves, a lot of Romulans. But, you know, at first when the show came out, I was a little bit disappointed that they were focusing on the Romulans. But now, you know, exactly for that reason that you just mentioned, because there wasn't enough lore or there wasn't very much lore around them, they can really write it up and give us something fresh, which I think is pretty fun. Yeah, I really think that, uh, you know, the the swords and the whole Elnor thing is going to be awesome for... Yeah. Neckbeard sword makers. I feel like there's a lot of opportunity there to create 
<laughs> Rob, Rob, yeah, like katanas. Sure. I mean, it, it, the, the ability <laughs> to create a Star Trek katana just seems like a perfect storm for mm-hmm. nerdery. <laughs> oh, for sure. Perfect for sales. Maybe they'll sell something other than just the wine that they're selling. I'm, I'm sure there. I'm like sure there's thing. a, a uh, Comic Con fan sword maker who got really excited at that scene. That it was like <laughs> I'm, it just like little dollar signs popped up in his or her eyes when when they saw that. <laughs> totally. So to wrap up, can we uh, tell me what your predictions are? I actually I kind of gave mine away. I thought that. Uh, I keep wanting to call him Space Legolas, and I keep having to look at the screen and read it, like Elnor. I I thought he was going to get killed, but everyone disagrees. So what are some of your predictions? Pointing at uh, Brandon, you go. I think Data's coming back. I think we're going to have a Data, uh, you know, created again, you know, by the end of the season or start of the next season. Oh, that'd be so cool. I also think that um, uh, Hugh is going to... Um, have some kind of moral quandary and and come out on the right side of it because of Picard. If he doesn't, then that character is written wrong. So let's hope mm-hmm. that he he does. Yeah, he's written a little dark. That's fine. No, I don't care. He's you know that's fine right now. I'm just saying he if he interacts with Picard at all, he has to side with Picard. Yeah, he's done so so many times before, mm-hmm. or not so many, but in every appearance. Yeah, he should probably ask about Jordy. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, right. Um, His friend. Which we you know. We had some pre, you know, this this um, show starting predictions that we didn't come to fruition, which is probably for the best. Yeah. So we, you know, maybe maybe if, if he sticks around, we'll get some Lavar Burton in season two. So that that'll be baller. And mm-hmm. I think that's 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 about the end of my hopes. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think the goal of this show is to make you forget what the last scene was because that's kind of what TV does now mm-hmm. anyway. So as long as they have that like mystery box moment, that ooh-ah moment, then they seem to be happy. Mm-hmm. And it seems as though fans are happy, fans mm-hmm. of the show. So Well, it's seven. Seven is awesome. So Yeah, and they made sure like, oh, seven <laughs> of nine? Yeah, I thought that was so a that little they, So that you could immediately, once you finished the episode, you could go and, and go on Wikipedia if you didn't know who that was. I kind of so wish you really had just sent seven. You know? Seven, because she calls herself like she introduces herself as yeah, seven. But there's no way after. to search that. No, you know, um, for all the people who are watching this series who are new to Star Trek. So yeah, it's true. It's the show is really written to to be friendly to new viewers, and and, mm-hmm. and you know I appreciate that. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Cam? TNG came out how many years ago now? Twenty years ago. So I think it makes sense to try and ramp people up. But um, in terms of, in terms of, in terms of predictions, um, I'm kind of interested in the next episode. It's another Jonathan Franks directed episode. It looks like this is a break um, in the series, you know, 11 episodes. This looks like it's a sort of a reverie episode where they go and kind of do something on a random planet. Um, so I'm interested to see what that looks like and, and how they, how they manage that. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that's going to be an interesting like, character episode versus a plot episode. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with the whole other Romulan Borg ship story arc and how that connects back to this one. I mean, I think there's going to be something with data and the art, the AI type elements. I'm, I'm not sure where that's going to be honest. I'm going to reiterate my um, dark Dr. Gerardi comment from episode one. I feel like she is continuing to play a great role within the show. Um, I think her character is awesome. I think she is primed to either turn evil or, um, 
be traumatized and turned into a very different character. I feel like her, her character has a real potential. She, she continues to sort of play the naive cast member, but I feel yeah, like she's going to, she's right? going to get, there's going to be a twist in the season for her at the end or somewhere mid season. Cause she's th- th- that's under her, her character is playing a valuable role, but I feel like she's got a lot of room to move. Whereas a lot of the other characters are pretty, like space space Legos isn't going to have a lot of character development. He's going to continue to be a dude who chops people's heads off, and you know. But but she's she's got other stuff to do. <laughs> they do lay it on a little thick that she's kind of like ah, you know, shocked and new to everything. I feel like all of a sudden she's going to sit beside or sit inside a ship and like be able to pilot it or something and just be like well, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. I think she's supposed to be smart. She's supposed so, to be yeah. the person you relate to in the series, right? The, the mm-hmm. person who is like the regular yeah. person. When you look at it and go, what's mm-hmm. up with all these weird space people? Oh, she sort of seems normal. Yeah. I'm going to focus on yeah. the normal person. Or she's a spy. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what's going on there? Yeah, I wanted to mention that because we haven't been on since we did since we mm-hmm. noticed that. So when Picard uh, is attacked in the house by the Jotvash, so th- this whole huge attack sequence is going on, or fight sequence is going on, which I loved, by the way. Mm-hmm. That was one scene that I absolutely adored. Um, that, was I a, thought, that was a crazy fight scene. Yeah, and yeah. you know what? It, I was so happy that, that it wasn't like because um, we've been watching a lot of DS Nine, and in every episode of DS Nine, <laughs> yeah. that there's like a big fight sequence. You know, uh, it'll be like um, like Cisco will make easy work of someone, but then Major Kira will get like slightly injured somehow. Mm-hmm. This is like the going trope, and it's all double his, uh, fisted, yeah, the, double-handed yeah, fist yeah, yeah. hits. You know, but so I was very happy that they didn't go to that trope and and throw Laris under the bus. Like mm. she was, uh, she, or, or the fact that like because they talk about how um, uh, what's his name, the other guy. I'm dr- Shaban. Shaban. Why they didn't use like Shaban being older, slightly older mm-hmm. than than her as like, oh, you're old now, old man mm-hmm. or something like that. They didn't use any of that. So they, they dispense with all of those. Even Picard gets a nice, you know, uh, shot off on one of them and everything. Mm-hmm. There is no, there's nowhere for when Dr. Gerardi becomes like the, the deus ex machina of that scene and walks in and shoots the last one. Or, or like, you know, yeah, shoots one of them and then the last one is, you know, obviously tied up. There's n- nowhere for her to get that phaser rifle from. So... Yeah, she walks in like, with it. And then she immediately divulges that she was sent there for this nefarious purpose. So my thought process is, like you were talking about, Cam, if they're going to do this bait and switch with the character, th- that, that's a great way of laying the seeds because... She already like to me. It's like okay, she she was beamed in with that weapon in her hands. They knew that they this guy was going to be sacrificed. They knew that they were going in to die. You know this whole thing, um, and 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 that immediately ingratiates her in inside of like to everyone in Picard's inner circle. That's at least in that. She scene. she literally says you know? that my part of the crew I, at one point when she walks in in this episode. Um, you know, when she's walking into his office, she kind of, kind of just sort of snuck in there. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Think, it's, I yeah. think that's. I, I definitely think that's where they're heading. But which I think it'll be good. Yeah. It'll be so, a good twist. Like I don't think it's super obvious. I think it's just, you know, 
that so you got to write or a show. You got to have some conflict between the main characters, and I think the writers a lot. The writing is a lot deeper than we originally thought. I don't. No, I think so. Nope. I think there's stuff in there. <laughs> I think there's stuff in there <laughs> that you know. I, I do think so. I think we'll there's see. too much of like. Okay, so DS9 again because uh, we've been watching a lot of it pushes the politics of Star Trek as far as it can possibly go with like, and same with the TNG movies with like nefarious humans and stuff like that. Like that, that you know, would have Gene Roddenberry probably like rolling in his grave. I get it. I get fans being upset about that, but mm-hmm. I don't really care about that. But that is like the singular basis of this of this show is like mm-hmm. um, presenting the world as it is now mm-hmm. through the gaze of Star Trek, and mm-hmm. so they're not. Like, fundamentally, I'm not getting anything to aspire to. So if they give me something to aspire to by the end of this season, yeah. as a human <laughs> playing Dom Jot, Dom Jot. Um, or, or, you know, at a Ferengi bar or whatever, um, then as a human, mm-hmm. I will take Dabo. back what I'm saying right now. But mm-hmm. all that I'm seeing when I look at the show is a mere image of the world that I'm in. And I'm sorry, but it's the same thing I would say about, like, why, you know, Man of Steel probably wasn't that successful or anything else that, like, these hope-filled properties that, you know, um, all of a sudden present us with the real world. They're going to make it real world gritty and all this. Um, Star Trek is about hope. It's the same way as, like, Superman is. Um, I need that. That's that's my if you're not going to give me that connective tissue to like between all please, of the like, friends, please yeah. tell me society can get better. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I, I need I need that. Um, mm-hmm. And so if they don't do that and they're just doing a mirror image, then then I don't I don't care. Like I can get this on any other show, which is it my definitely feel like it definitely feels like you've already mastered absolute candor. So I think we've got a check mark there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, which I'm glad they also took the moment to explain to the audience what that was. I know. <laughs> Seriously, um, right? Yeah, but, no, he but, doesn't hold yeah, back. I mean, I've, I've heard that there's a pretty common criticism of the show is, is that it doesn't provide that kind of um, escapist, you know, everything's figured out kind of thing and we're just trying to figure out other stuff. I, I, I think there, that is definitely true. Mm-hmm. It, it, w- it would be interesting to see what that would look like. I mean, it, is Discovery going to try and delve into that more and be that? Are some of the other series going to do that? And this is going to be something different? Because I, I still feel like there's room to have so. multiple stories told, right? Like no, mm-hmm. no society is ever going to be 100% perfect. Maybe they have like a mainline Star Trek story where they tell that more perfect society and then they do an underbelly story kind of thing and this ends up being that. I don't, I don't know. That's why these like mirror kind of uh, universes. Yeah. That's what they were for, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. To give us like the opposite of what yeah. uh, this utopian future com- is. Absolutely, that was compelling in, in Discovery. Mm-hmm. Cam, you mentioned that before. I, I and and so did you, Paula. Like, I really, I love the the captain the first season mm-hmm. being from the mirror dimension and kind of leaving yeah. him out there. Maybe you, could you know come what? Back. You know what? I think Picard might be. Picard might be. Uh, remember the doppelganger that they get when uh, he's taken away on TNG, where that other species kidnaps him and puts him in a room where they have to eat pellets, <laughs> and while he's <laughs> gone you know they have the one like the singing picard yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. that's this picard maybe yeah, that's what's happening yeah, that's <laughs> yeah true. it's a that's very cool. emotional picard you I know like everyone's like, like why is he singing <laughs> that would make me so happy yeah that'd be they're, great they're just like really an entire like season that. of like fuck you fans <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like it he comes in he's like what's going on here <laughs> that bring me back into the show completely I'd yeah be that'd like, be amazing is, they just trolled us for an entire season i love them <laughs> that'd be pretty cool amazing or, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, what I was gonna say, the um, you, you hit on a good point with that because 
there were some great episodes in this in the second uh, season of Discovery. You know, like the the church. The, the like the planet that had like the church that was sending out that signal. Yep. Right. That's what that the angels like introduced. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Like you know, Enterprise also had some episodes that were meant to be more of the. And Enterprise obviously was earlier on before the Federation was really established. But they had a, they had a fair number of. Here's a sketchy environment that's not part of like the regular places the Federation would be. And then it sounds like this next episode coming up is going to have some of that too, right? It looks like it might be more of a Star Trek bar kind of thing, right? A Riza mm-hmm. or whatever um, kind of episode where there's a, a break. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe. Uh, you know, and, and I do like that. Like, I like that idea, you know, because, so and, and like you said, there, it's not, I shouldn't say. They'll have Horgas and people looking for Jamaharan. Yeah. There's tons of opportunity. You're absolutely right. There's tons of opportunity to do all all of the things all of the time. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Let's see what happens with these uh, upcoming episodes. I'm I'm excited. I don't know. Brandon's, like, really checked out on this. I have to kind of twist his arm to watch it with me. I've, I watched this episode, like, three times. So. No, you don't have to twist my arm. It's just if I'm doing it something else, you know. Like, literally anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I'm sitting, staring at the wall, it's, you know, you're going to interrupt me. <laughs> it won't be boring. No, like Something's going to happen. I, they've already renewed yeah. it for season two, obviously. Um Mm-hmm. It, the, the Star Trek powers that be are invested in at least trying to make this a go. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we'll see what happens. We got to see Guinan. We've got to see what Guinan does. Mm-hmm. Guinan, yeah, Guinan will be season two. That'll be an interesting addition. She she'll be the mm-hmm. she'll be the, the the sage who who joins the Firefly crew and um, yeah. helps guide them. <laughs> I, I'm I'm sure there, there's already a model there, so I'm, I'm sure she can be like. Shepherd or whatever his name was. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. There's a lot more to come. A new episode of Star Trek Picard drops on CBS All Access on Thursday. To get a free week of CBS All Access and to tell them that we sent you, use the link explodingearths.com slash CBS. Visit us at explodingearths.com slash into the cold. We're adding new content as quickly as we can to the page, including a section dedicated to awesome Star Trek swag, lovingly curated by Brandon and I. And if you purchase any of the cool products through our links, it helps us out big time with operational costs for the show. So thank you in advance for checking that out. Make sure to subscribe to Into the Cold on your favorite podcast player. And if you can, please give us a rating and review us. It helps people find us. If you're having trouble finding us on your platform of choice, you can also find all of our episodes in the main Exploding Earths feed. I can't wait to see where this podcasting journey takes us, and I'd love to have you come along for the ride. So keep your eyes peeled to the feed, and I'll talk to you all soon.